0: for more details. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car for real,
1: and you just lost my turn.
0: Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under
2: $20,000.
1: Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. Uh, These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you, and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, Call 888 845 3773. That's 888 84 Jesse, or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out.
0: This is the Jesse Kelly Show.
1: It's Friday! So let me ask you a question. Before we get to the Ask Dr. Jesse Friday questions and everything else, it's going to be an awesome, awesome day. But let's get real here for a second. What is a child? What is an adult? What separates the two? When does that happen? Is it by time? Is it by experience? Is it 100% how you're created? Is it is it what your society decides? Is it a personal decision? It's something... Societies, cultures have wrestled with for ages. How many people have you heard about? You know, I love Indian tribes. You know, I love talking about various tribal peoples across the world. They have have these oftentimes bizarre looking to us rites of passage. Have to do this to become a man. Have to do that to become a man. ancient Sparta how many times have we talked about them you know when you were taken away from your parents and sent into military service seven years old Sparta decided it's time had enough time with mommy it's time is it experience is it, does it have nothing to do with society is it simply experience there are thousands of tragic tales I could tell you right now, and I'm not going to, of 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old kids having to go through a living hell. You hear these stories. We, we did a Holocaust story yesterday. You hear these stories during the Holocaust. Mom, dad, dead, gone. You're 11, 10 years old with three younger siblings, uh, and there are stories of these children doing things that, are jaw-dropping, amazing, brave. Things most adults would not be capable of. But again, what does that mean, adults? Is that is that child now an adult, even though they're not fully grown? Is it simply determined by the law and the states? Here in America, you know what it is. 18. You're not an adult until you're 18. Is that what determines it? We're going to dig into that. Now, before we dig into that, or I should say leading up to digging into that, let's do just a little war in the Pacific story today before we dig into the questions and everything else under the sun. You know about Japan in World War II because we've talked about it before, but let's again go over it again. Adult. What is it to be an adult? What does your society prioritize? Japan was fanatical in World War II, and that didn't just happen with a snap of their fingers overnight. That was decades and decades, and you can make the argument centuries of their society prioritizing certain things and making sure they shame other things. I cannot emphasize this point enough because it applies to every nation at every point in time in the history of the world. Cultures will get more of what they incentivize and less of what they shame, period, end of story. It is 100% true all the time. In Japan, pre-World War II Japan, and for a long time before that, they incentivized self-discipline, sacrifice for the state, the emperor really, obedience to your parents, and when I say incentivized, I don't mean it was mentioned to them in passing. I mean drilled into them at home, drilled into them at school. We've talked before about stories of Japanese soldiers going off to fight in World War II and their own mothers, not fathers, Mothers handing them daggers so they can carve out their own living guts instead of surrendering. Now, you can disagree with that, and that's fine. Cultures really disagree with that. Chris and I were talking the other day. We were talking about Jews and how there's a real anti-suicide thing in Judaism. Fine. Cultures are different. Chris would never carve out his living guts. His parents would never give him one because that's not what their culture incentivized. Japan was different, and therefore, you got lots of it. The stories are endless. It wasn't just the kamikaze pilots flying into U.S. Navy ships. Guys grabbing grenades, holding them to their heads. What's the worst cleanup job you've ever had? Carving out your guts. Do you know how painful it is to have something hurt your guts? It's one of the worst places you can get shot because there are so many nerves in there. And because of all the acid that breaks down your food and leaks out into your body, it's essentially like getting tortured. Japan was so committed to that way of dying, they would not only do it as a ceremonial thing, they would do it and not show any emotion while they did it, and were so committed to not showing a face of pain, they would have oftentimes a friend standing behind them with a samurai sword to ensure they chopped off their head rather than show weakness and pain. Again, what do you incentivize? Fanatic. Fanatic. All the way. And, for being frank, You can cringe at it. You can call it barbaric. You can call it weird, and maybe it is. I'm not here to pass judgment on it. Kind of cool, though, right? Right, Chris? Am I crazy? kind of cool. Kind of cool. Lead up to World War II. You know the story by now because you listen to my show. Japan wanted to expand, Japan modernized, Japan wanted resources. They moved into China, and believe me when I tell you I'm simplifying this big time because we don't have 19 hours today, they moved into China. A lot of the world, including us especially, said, get out of China. Japan said, no, I don't think I will. The U.S. said, oh, okay, well, I don't think I'll send you steel. I don't think I'll send you oil anymore, and Japan had virtually none of that. So they decided to commit on a course of action. They were going to invade almost simultaneously all the island chains, even in the vicinity of Japan, and many not even in the vicinity. We forget the large distances over there. They were going to take over these islands while they attacked us, took out our Pacific fleet, take over the islands, dig in, fortify them, and then the Japanese... Samurai spirit and organizational skills and ability to dig in and get the job done will have them fighting us off. They didn't think they could hold us off forever. That's, a, that's a, something people mistake. They thought Americans were soft and effeminate, and they thought it would be so difficult to take these back that we'd never do it, and we'd just sue for peace. Again, It pays to know who you're facing. Hang on.
0: Jesse Kelly.
1: Simply safe makes getting a home security system cake. And maybe that's actually bad news for you because, let's be honest, there aren't any excuses anymore. That home security system you've been putting off, um, With no contract starting at $15 a month and no waiting on hold, you can have outstanding professionally monitored home security. There aren't any excuses. None. Go to simplysafe.com. It's this easy. Go to simplysafe.com, pick out what you want, they'll mail it to you, you open up the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and that's all on my life. It doesn't get any easier than that. Get it done. SimplySafe.com slash Jesse. That's simplysafe.com slash Jesse. That gets you free shipping and a 60 day, 60 day risk free trial.
0: Jesse Kelly.
1: Japan is dug in. We begin our war in the Pacific campaign. As you well know, because you listen to this show, you're pretty boned up on such things. Now, let's give a little overview of what's happening. In the beginning, the Japanese Navy was outstanding. Probably better than ours, to be frank. Now, the United States Navy's performance in World War II is so criminally underrated. Gosh, they were amazing. So even if Japan's was better in the beginning, ours got better quickly. But the Japanese Navy had control of the seas over there. There's more than one one instance where we had to basically drop our guys off on an island and say, Sorry, goodbye. Not because of cruelty, but because we could not afford to lose an aircraft carrier. That's how you lose a war. But America is amazing. You and I, well, assuming you're American, I understand. We have a bunch of foreigners who listen, Chris. But if you're an American, you and I are extremely blessed for a lot of reasons. A lot of reasons, but one of the reasons you're blessed as an American is just a simple macroeconomic thing. Just something like that. You have two gigantic oceans on your border, and you have a country that is not only big, you have a country that has, frankly, an absurd amount of natural resources. Russia, it's a funny thing, Russia... Look at how huge Russia is. Several times bigger than the United States of America. And they have natural resources. They don't have that many for how big they are. It's not just the land. It's that we're sitting on a gold mine of everything. Gold included. It's awesome. It's awesome. And because of our free market system, We could capitalize on that. So as the war went along, Japan, remember, was cut off from U.S. steel, U.S. oil. They had to try to develop new supply chains from the islands. They took over islands like the Philippines. America, meanwhile, was sitting on a gigantic economic machine. We flipped the switch on it, and now Japan has a, has a battleship sunk, a carrier sunk. It's over, Jack. They're not going to have the time or the resources resources to replace it. America, we just churn them right out. We had a huge ship damaged in the Battle of Midway. Everybody's heard of the Battle of Midway. They estimated that it was going to take several months once it limped back into port to get it fixed. It was back on the waters in a week. America just does it, and so Japan is now in a fight against time. Time. We begin taking back these islands and taking back these islands, and we get to a place where Japan knows what the situation is, and this is where they are. By 1945, this is how the war is. We are taking back islands. People are dying in droves while they did it. But we take back these islands, and now Japan is making adjustments. They know that the United States of America is going to continue to bomb mainland Japan. They know we're eventually going to invade mainland Japan. And when I say they know it, you need to get this. They had civilian training with bamboo spears so men, women, and children could stab US soldiers if we invaded these people were committed all the way and their strategy on the islands had changed you and i've had several talks about what they would do the bonsai charges didn't think things were going well so let's just 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 take these 500 guys and run right at them well that sounds nice but that it virtually never worked you're going to charge at a bunch of dug in us marines they just mowed them down like grass. The biggest problem the Marines had in some places was the bodies would stack up too high. John Bazelon, on one of the things John Bazelon did, I believe it was the same night he won a Medal of Honor on Guadalcanal, he's mowing people down with the machine gun, and the Japanese dead he'd killed were stacked too high. He couldn't see anymore. He had to run out past the lines and tip over the stacks of bodies. So that's stupid. It doesn't work. Again, sometimes the things your culture incentivizes... Can really come back to bite you. Bonsai charge—it's—it's it's not 1845; it's 1945, and not going to work. And Japan, towards the end, it's not that they all of a sudden develop some aversion to suicide or throwing their troops into the maw. They just realized these are not effective. This is not what are we doing? This is not working. We can't do this. We have to come up with a new strategy. And they'd learned something else about the United States of America. We had gotten really, really, really good at what's called combined arms as we fought the War of the Pacific. And this is what I mean by combined arms. It's not as if we invented this tactic, I should mention. This is something commanders of armies had been doing forever But with the modern armies we had, we had developed the ability to do things like, okay, there's an island. We want to go take that island. We have all these United States Marines. We want to keep as many of them alive as possible and do this as smart as humanly possible. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to park our gigantic naval ships off the shore, and we're going to shell the beach into an absolute moonscape. Then when we're done shelling the beach and the land just past it, we're going to bring in our airplanes and they're going to drop bombs and napalm and everything else and continue to burn it to the ground. So there'll be hardly anything living by the time the United States Marines hit the shore and they go in and mop things up. Now, that's a very simplistic way to describe it, but that's pretty much it. Well, the Japanese aren't stupid. They'd been blown off the beach enough times by now. They knew, okay, that's not going to work. We can't be putting all our people on the beaches. Looks really nice, but then we get blown off the beach in a day, and we're finished. So they had this place called Iwo Jima. Iwo Jima The Japanese chose to do things differently. Now remember, all these islands had their own story. There were jungles, there were various places. Iwo Jima looks like. It looks like Mordor from Lord of the Rings. You can look, it's obviously a modern thing. You can go visit it today. You're welcome to do the old internet search thing I tell you to do sometimes for Iwo Jima. It is black volcanic sand, dormant black volcanoes, rocky. It stinks. You know that smell of sulfur, kind of like rotten eggs? Well, again, it's a dormant volcano. The island smells like sulfur. It just looks like hell. They called it a nightmare in hell. And the Japanese commander there, he's a man by the name of Kuribayashi. He was extremely capable. He was sent there specifically by Japan. Hold it at all costs. And he knew the Japanese weren't stupid by any stretch. They had great generals, great commanders. He knew he wasn't coming home, and he didn't want to deal with the shame of losing Iwo Jima. So Kuribayashi, when he left for Iwo Jima, didn't tell family and friends where he was going. Kind of a cool little side story. Because he didn't want to deal with the shame of losing it. But he shows up a year before we actually get to Iwo Jima. And he has troops, he has slave labor, essentially, and they decide to make Iwo Jima an underground fortress. It is funny, with all the advancements man has made in fortifications and things, nobody still does it better than God. I'll explain what I mean. Hang on. You saw the latest news, I'm sure, the latest financial news about inflation. Told you that was coming. I've been talking to you about Gold Alliance for a long time now, and I told you that was coming. There are rules in economics. Economics are not run on good intentions. If you print unbacked currency, which we have done recently, by the trillion, there are going to be consequences for that. Do not get financially destroyed for the government's mismanagement. You need a gold IRA. You just need to diversify a bit. Go to goldalliance.com slash Jesse and see what I mean. And Gold Alliance is an established, trusted company with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. goldalliance.com slash Jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash Jesse. Go there today. Protect your finances. If you had to build the perfect situation for an island fortress, you would build Iwo Jima. It's not just the rock it's the type of rock it's the type of sand and Japan had time they knew we were going to want to take this eventually and I'll get to why here in just a second so what they built was a tunnel system and this is difficult to wrap your mind around and I will visit this in person one day I actually had an opportunity to at one point and I didn't and I'm so mad at myself about it they built 16 miles of underground tunnels across Iwo Jima. Interconnected tunnels. They built artillery pieces behind shields that that could be opened. You would crank the shield door open, pull out the artillery, shoot it, pull it back inside and close it. Again, keeping in mind there were American boys dying on the other other end of that, that's really cool. They went all in. And they had rail lines through these so you can move ammunition and men quickly from this point to that point because you don't know where they're going it's not just that the island was built for this. It's the Japanese were so good at it. They were so good at that. And, you know, the Japanese are so detailed anyway. They went all in. This Kuribayashi guy was capable. So why did the Japanese go all in? Uh, keep in mind, not only on, did they have 16 miles of tunnels, they had 22,000 men there. They knew they had to keep this thing, and here's why. A lot of people know about the B-17 flying fortresses of Europe, as you should. Incredible story. Incredibly brave men who flew in those. Remember who flew in those. Remember the 8th Air Force, those guys bombing Germany? The 8th Air Force in World War II lost more men than the United States Marine Corps lost. If you have never done a dig into it, maybe we need to dig into it one of these times. If you've never dug into how absolutely horrifying those flights over Germany were, it's worth your time. It's incredible. It's shoot, Chris. I want you to look this up so I can give him a proper plug. There's a show, a special on HBO that does a great overview of this. I think it's called Into the Blue or the or the Clear Blue. It's about the Eighth Air Force in World War II. I'll get you the name of it in just a second. I believe it's on HBO. Chris, I already got it nicely done. Chris, Cold Blue, the show, highly, highly recommend, and you can watch it with your kids. I made mine watch it. They get mad. <laughs> anyway, besides the point, we we'd moved on past the B-17s, and we now have these things called B-29 Super Fortresses. They were these awesome, awesome bombers with long-range And we, by now, before we'd taken Iwo Jima, we had the ability to bomb mainland Japan. But that came with a major, major problem. It's a long way from the islands we held to mainland Japan. Japan was not stupid. They had radars set up in several places, mainly Iwo Jima, and they would give the Japanese mainland a two-hour heads-up that our B-29s were coming. That is death. The B-29s are flying into an area where the people had already taken cover and the anti-aircraft weapons are just sitting there waiting on them because the radar will not only... T- it's it not only tells you where they are, the Japanese are not dumb. They know the airspeed. You know to the minute when they're going to show up. You're just sitting there with your finger on the trigger. And we were losing... We would lose 25% of what we sent out every single time. That's staggering. And oftentimes, the plane would be so wounded, we'd lose it trying to fly back over just vast, vast sums of ocean. We have to this day a lot of American bones at the bottom of the Pacific. It just couldn't make it back. Iwo Jima was the place that would change all that. Knock out the Japanese radar at Iwo Jima. Iwo Jima was also big enough to have an airstrip where the B-29s could take off and land. Taking away the ability for the Japanese to get a heads up, get our guys in and out. It was critical. And what we wanted at this point, we wanted to do to Japan what we had done to Germany. Fly up our bombers and bomb them into a fine powder until they say, enough is enough. And we knew we weren't dumb. We knew by now what it was going to take, so we had to have these airfields. Japan knew it too. It comes time to land on Iwo Jima. The Japanese have a new plan. They're not going to start shooting our guys when we land on the beach. You see, remember when I told you they had time to prepare? They had already zeroed in the artillery guns they had on the island to specific places. They knew where the shots would hit. So tell me this isn't a little creepy. Kuribayashi watched as our troops landed, and he just sat and watched them all land. They didn't know he was watching them. He wanted to wait until the second and third waves and fourth waves were landing to maximize casualties when he started firing artillery shells. The, be- the Marines land on the beach and look around and think, this is great. There's nobody here. And the whole time, the Japanese man in charge is just watching, waiting. And eventually the Japanese did open up with those prepared artillery rounds. And it was supposed to be... The worst scene ever. Guys who had fought in other islands in the Pacific said Iwo Jima was worse than all of them combined. You get there are stories throughout history of artillery shells landing in a group of fifty men and all fifty of them having their dog tags being all that's buried, an artillery shell. If you've never heard one go off near you, and I've had the unfortunate pleasure of that, it is not something you forget. It lands in you. Well, you're not going to feel anything. I'll tell you that much. And our guys start fighting our way into the island. And this fighting is difficult because not only had we learned how the Japanese fought, they had learned how we fought. And again, time to prepare. So what they would do time and again, the tunnel system made them essentially like gophers. They would pop up behind our guys all the time. You would take a little hill. You would take a little portion of land, and you fight everyone off, and you think you're fine, and boom, they're popping up behind you, shooting you in the back. You couldn't see them, and we're having to dig them out of these concrete pillboxes and tunnels And there's a reason, I believe there were 27, I may have that number wrong, I know it was in the 20s, 27 medals of honor handed out at Iwo Jima, it just required such absurd levels of bravery, of throwing yourself at pillboxes, and guys would have to carry flamethrowers, this is when the flamethrower really came into its own. And these pillboxes, these tunnels, would have ventilation shafts. You can't just dig a big hole in the ground. You have to get a ventilation shaft, and we'd stick our flamethrowers in the ventilation shaft and cook everyone out of the thing. Only the problem is when you carry a flamethrower, guess what you got on your back? A big old flame bomb, and you're getting shot at a lot. And American guys died like that. And we were taking such heavy casualties. Get this little tidbit. Did you know the Joint Chiefs of Staff approved the use of poison gas on Iwo Jima and the only reason we weren't dropping gas bombs on the Japanese was Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, no, we can't do that. It was that bad there. Hang on. It's so nice to feel good again, to feel clear-headed. You see, when I was a kid, I used to sleep like a baby every single night. Most of my life, sleep like a baby. And then I don't know what happened. Got into my 30s, and I just started thinking about more things when I would go to bed. It's not that I was stressed out, didn't have anxiety, but I lay down, and I just, my mind's still going. And how do you attack that? You can try to cover it up with sleeping pills, drinking alcohol, whatever the case may be, but that's just that's not a solution. That's terrible for you. Go get an ebb sleep. It gives you natural sleep. It's a wearable device that targets those racing thoughts that are keeping you awake. Go to trieb.com/slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash Jesse. Don't forget to use the promo code Jesse at checkout. Get 25 bucks off. It is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. You are welcome to email in jesse at jessikellyshow.com. That's Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Or you can call 877-377-4373 with your questions. We'll take some phone calls today. Iwo Jima's ugly. Oh, and I should mention, it wasn't just handheld flamethrowers. We had flamethrowing tanks, which is sweet. And we'd shoot them down into the caves and tunnels. A lot of Japanese dudes were burned alive during this thing and still did it without major units surrendering, none of them. And we buried a lot of people alive because remember how I told you they would pop up behind us and things. The Japanese were also, they took orders very, very seriously and the lack of orders very, very seriously. And if you're a one, two, three, four, five-man team in a pillbox or something and you're surrounded and you don't know what to do, sometimes you would just hunker down there. And sometimes the easiest way for us to get them out is with bulldozers. We would take a bulldozer and simply bulldoze the pillbox into a gigantic pile with them dying inside. Now, what is a child? What decides it? You know, we do Medal of Honor Monday here, where we read the Medal of Honor citation of various American heroes. Here's a Medal of Honor citation from Iwo Jima, First Battalion, Fifth Marines. His name was Jack Lucas. The President of the United States and the name of Congress takes pleasure in presenting the Medal of Honor to Private First Class Jacqueline Harold Lucas, United States Marine Corps Reserve, for conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while serving with Company C, 1st Battalion, 26th Marines, 5th Marine Division, during action against enemy Japanese forces on Iwo Jima, Volcano Islands, 20th of February, 1945. While creeping through a treacherous, twisting ravine which ran in close proximity to a fluid and uncertain front line on D-Day plus one, Private First Class Lucas and three other men were suddenly ambushed by a hostile patrol which savagely attacked with rifle fire and grenades. Quick to act when the lives of, of the small group were endangered by two grenades which landed directly in front of them, Private First Class Lucas unhesitatingly hurled himself over his comrades upon one grenade and pulled the other under him, absorbing the whole blasting forces of the explosions in his own body in order to shield his companions from the concussion and murderous flying fragments. By his inspiring action and valiant spirit of self-sacrifice, he not only protected his comrades from certain injury or possible death, but also enabled them to rout the Japanese patrol and continue the advance. His exceptionally courageous initiative and loyalty reflect the highest credit upon Private First Class Lucas and the United States Naval Service. Private First Class Lucas was 17 years old when he jumped over his comrades on not one, but two grenades. He jumped on one and grabbed the other and pulled it to him. Try to imagine what's going through your mind at 17 when you are so absurdly brave, you dive on one and see another and think, you know what, I'll take that one too. My buddies are going to live. Don't tell me anymore. That this, quote, child in Wisconsin who murked those two Antifa guys is a child. Stop using that. 17-year-old men have been the sword and shield of societies for centuries, since time began. I understand we like to consider ourselves modern and sophisticated and beyond all that. And, of course, mommies raise everybody now because men are just so emasculated in this daggone society. I don't care. 17-year-olds had children, multiple children in the old days. I understand you haven't reached full maturity yet, physical or mental by the time you're 17, but I am so sick of this crap I see out there People condemning this kid in Wisconsin for picking up a weapon and going to stand a post to stop these scumbags from looting and burning and rioting in American cities. And no, I don't know the details of each and every one of those shoots. And maybe he didn't do everything lawful. And maybe he should go to prison. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is this. Somebody had to step up and do something. If you're mad that a 17-year-old had to, then why didn't you? And I say, that's his job. Young men in this society have the same duty that young men in societies have had forever. They are the protectors of society. Stop sitting on the sidelines, chirping at the doers. Hang on. Battle Box is like my birthday every single month. I remember when I first got the subscription, my wife sees me opening up the box with the boys and she's just shaking her head at us, right? Because it's, it's adventure stuff. It's outdoor stuff. It's survival stuff, stuff that'll help me live through certain things, stuff to help me survive an intruder in the home. She's looking and she's shaking her head with that smile on her face. Guess who looks forward to it now every single month? Yeah, she does too. It is fun for the entire family. And you can get a BattleBox subscription where they will mail you a new box of new things every single month. You can get a BattleBox subscription starting for as little as $30 a month. And I'm going to save you some money. If you go to BattleBox.com with no E, that's BattleBox.com, no E, and use the code JESSE, you can save 20%. I should mention, unlike most of the jump on a grenade Medal of Honor citations, Jack Lucas lived. Only one of the two grenades went off, which is the only reason he lived. Obviously, he was a bit wounded after that one went off. Lived the rest of his life with 200 uh, pieces of shrapnel in his body, Lived lived till 2008 he would repeatedly set off metal detectors but jack lucas didn't sit around at 17 saying well i mean i'm i guess i guess i'm just a kid mommy can i have a juice box before i go outside is it safe jack lucas signed up for the united states marine corps to go shoot japanese soldiers in the face at 17 Stop telling me 17-year-old is a child only in your mind. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off.
0: Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26th, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. An official message from Medicare.
1: A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help Program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify. It pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
0: Hear fascinating animal stories to explore wildlife across the globe in Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife. Starting March 15th, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.